Welcome to the Whistle Mission Outdoors Podcast. I am Jim. I'm Pat. And we are a podcast dedicated to the outdoors for the states of Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan, Indiana. If your state borders Lake Michigan, this podcast is for you. We cover anything outdoors, especially hunting, fishing, mountain biking, conservation, any issues you got concerning the outdoors. And remember, if you can hear this podcast, that means you can be on it. Email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. Welcome and enjoy the show. Welcome back for another week here. Uh, we're going to start with the news this week. And we got a lot of other great stuff. I'll tell you what we got coming up after all this. And I think we're going to actually tag Kelsey's Corner on at the end of this one, which is actually very interesting for it's a, kind of an Alaska guide that we went on that she might be doing. So it, if we got that done in time, it will be on the back end of this. But let's start. This, uh, this first article came to me from actually scrolling Instagram this morning. The Instagram handle that posted this is called Driftless Angler. They are a fly shop out of the Driftless region in uh, southwest Wisconsin. And uh, I always uh, they always pop up my feed, so I always see their stuff. But they were actually the first ones to bring this up to my attention. So I'm scrolling, I see this article, and I'm like, what? And uh, so I had to look into it. So this is, uh, I'm actually going to go back and forth from two articles here. This is the first one I saw because I want to quote a politician. But the first one I saw is SWNews4U.com. Land Conservation Committee approves Roth Hog CAFO permit. Now I'm going to get in the CAFO in a minute. The Crawford County Land Conservation Committee approved the livestock facility siting permit for both the Roth feeder pigs hog CAFO at their meetings on Tuesday, August 9th. The motion brought by Cornford was to approve the Roth Feeder Pigs Livestock Facility Siting Permit Contingent upon the Department of Agriculture, Trade and Consumer Protection, approval of CAFO's Updated Nutrient Management Plan. Now that all sounds great. What uh, what they're talking about is they're worried about completely polluting the, uh, the Driftless area, which is pristine ground, and there's not much like it left on earth, and they're going to put this nasty farm there now. Dave Olson said, I recommend that we extend the decision-making timeline for a couple of months to get more information on the nutrient plan management. Nutrient management plan. One person, Morit, voting, said, we're here today to vote on this permit operating within the laws. We are not here to vote on public opinion. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you about not voting on public opinion is that you were elected as, I'm not sure if this guy's a girl or whatever is a elected thing, elected uh, official here, but what I am telling you is that the people that do vote on these things, you were elected into office by people's opinions of you and to represent them. So yes, your job is to vote on what people want. And if the majority of people don't want to pollute this side of the state with some hog farm, maybe you should listen to them. So I'm going to switch over here. I'm going to tell you the actual uh, problems that um, they're talking about here. So this one is from WPR.org, and their article is, Amid Objections, DNR Approves Plans for Large-Scale Hog Farm in Wisconsin's Driftless Area. <clears throat> so according to this article, they would build a facility that holds 8,160 swine and produce 140,000 piglets each year in Crawford County. Village of Wazika. I think that's how you say that. Apologize if I got that wrong. And 140,000 piglets. So for those of you that are familiar with Illinois, that's like growing the uh, town of uh, like Schaumburg every year. You know, that's how many are going to be coming. 
The operation will include a composting area and three barns. Two barns will contain underground concrete storage tanks with enough capacity to hold wastewater for 251 to 299 days. Good thing about, you know, underground tanks is they never flood due to too much rain. So here, here's the definition of CAFO is concentrated animal feeding operation. That's what CF, CAFO is, concentrated animal feeding operation. Some residents fear that the CAFO will negatively affect groundwater and waters within the Kickapoo River watershed. That's a very legitimate concern uh, with this much farming going on to leach into the water is a very, very much a concern. And it's all you do is pollute anything downstream of it. It could and most likely would pollute the Kickapoo River, but also just the smell of it is toxic, said Tigerman. So I can tell you right now, Bushlight Billy, maybe I'll have him weigh in on one of these if I, if I think of it. Uh, he's in the food industry. I used to work for uh, John Deere in a dealership where it was my first mechanic job. I promise you, hog farms are the nastiest smelling thing there is. I, I've had jobs where I had to go work in the old uh, stockyards over on 47th street. I've had to go in there and you just smell the, they, that's where they have some of the plants where they, you know, cook all these pigs up. They stink. My sister went to Monmouth college and over there they had a big, uh, pig processing plant. It's not a farm, but it's a processing plant. The whole place stunk nonstop. It just stunk, stunk, stunk. And you cannot get rid of it. doesn't matter which way the wind's blowing. You are always in it. Once it is there, you will, it will be there for a long time. It's a nasty way of life. The DNR said that uh, their permit contains conditions that protect water quality and avoid spills. Those conditions include barring any discharges from its production to the surrounding waters. The farm is required to maintain at least 180 days of storage, conduct periodic self-inspections. Oh, there you go. Leave that up to them. And develop an emergency response plan for potential spills. It's not even just about spills, guys. This is about uh, incredible floodwaters, especially in a river area. It happens. The permit also requires enough land to properly, properly apply manure and nutrient management plan that addresses phosphorus, phosphorus runoff. Farm can't spread within 100 feet of nearby waters, sinkholes, or private wells. Oh, good. 100 feet. 100 feet. I mean, that's half the size of my backyard. The permit also bars spreading manure on fields with less than two feet of soil to bedrock and limits winter spreading of manure on frozen or snow-covered ground. The farm must sample the barn's manure and wastewater twice each month and apply that the rates recommended by the University of Wisconsin extension scientists to avoid spreading more nutrients than necessary. So this, this goes on and on. I will have the link, both of these links, in the description of this podcast so you can read it more where pretty much they are putting a huge hog farm in one of the most beautiful areas left in the world that is, it's, it's funny how you can harm such a thing. And that people are just like, I couldn't, I, I thought that was a very uh, ballsy comment by that person saying, we're here to vote, not listen to the public's opinion. I can't believe an elected official would, or even somebody that has something to do with an elected official would not want to hear the public out. And uh, Wisconsin and the people that can vote, whoever that's out, anybody that can vote this regime out, this is up to you now. Um, they do not care what you think. They do not want to listen to you. And this hog farm is going to destroy your area, the beautiful area that you have. In fact, I get to go there this week, and I'm very excited about it. So that's uh, that's the one. I wanted to get that off my chest for Wisconsin, that uh, the Driftless area um, is under major threat. It's uh, it. 
I mean, this is pristine trout waters, deer hunting. I mean, it's just like, it's a paradise. And it's just in this little southwest corner, follows along the Mississippi and all those rivers on that side. There's this, you know, little area and they're looking to destroy it. There's plenty of other places in Wisconsin you could put a farm like this, not near pristine waters. So anyway, before I keep going on this, I better, I better keep it. I better keep moving here. Oh, here's another. Let me go with another upsetting thing here. I'm going to go to MyRadioLink.com. This is for Illinois. Governor Pritzker announces $17.5 million in funding to renovate Ren Lake Resort in southern Illinois. Okay, now that sounds all well and good. This is a resort that is owned by the state of Illinois in on Ren Lake, which is a very popular tourist attraction. So Ren Lake Resort is located on the 3,300-acre Wayne Fitzgerald, which Fitzgerald, State Recreation Area and is operated by the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, blah, blah, blah. He's going to dump $17 million into restoring it to its former glory. So here's my gripe with this is, with that being said, and it, uh, I'm sure it's a nice place, but I don't think the government should own a resort that it needs to pump $17 million, $17.5 million into. We have so many lakes that need work. Uh you look at you look at buying licenses and you, all this stuff, and the lakes and the waters around here are st- still terrible for stocking. You look at Indiana; Indiana like leads the Midwest in stocking efforts, and Illinois is so far behind. And so, but now you're going to do it into another thing that makes. So you're going to use my money to do upgrades to a resort that makes the state money, and then you're not going to put this into the fishing holes that we have here. We have beautiful lakes and beautiful rivers, and guess what? They're empty. They're beat up. But, hey, as long as you have your nice resort, JB, you know, this is a guy that we have to get out of here. Man, you guys got me fired up today. All this news got me fired up today. Here's a, I'm going to move on to Michigan. And uh, this article is kind of more Illinois, uh, but Michigan was the one that brought it up. So Mich- uh, from uh, woodtv.com, Michigan DNR finds positives after invasive carp found past the electric barriers. This is out of Grand Rapids. The... Uh, the Illinois Department of Natural Resources has confirmed an invasive carp has been caught past the electric barriers in the Chicago area er, Chicago area waterway system. However, a Michigan biologist is telling people to back away from the proverbial ledge. A fish was caught in Lake Calumet, just seven miles away from Lake Michigan. That's close. That's very close. And I know where Lake Calumet is, and I know exactly the path that that fish took to get there. Silver carp was approximately 38 inches long and weighed approximately 22 pounds. It was found days after an angler reported seeing the fish in the lake. So he actually saw this thing jumping around and then ended up catching it. Uh, They're still trying to send this home. So the invasive carp, formerly known as Asian carp, which is now known as Kopi, are considered a major threat to the Great Lakes. The imported fish have no natural predators in the Mississippi River system and have overtaken ecosystems there. In some cases, comprising up to 70% of the ecosystem's fish population. Biologists pretty much are worried that once these reach the Great Lakes, and you know, we keep going over this and going over this, but it keeps, if you live in Illinois, Midwest, anywhere, this is something that has to be on your radar because it could be, this could destroy everything you know uh, in a couple of seasons, really. Biologists are pretty much just resending it that if they make it into Lake Michigan, they will take over and... That, you know, establish a breeding ground, it says. They could devour the food and resources of many other popular fish, which is true. They just come in and take over, and there's, they just completely swarm the place. It says, uh, Illinois said that this is the third time invasive carp have been found past the electric barriers. Uh, I'm going to call a bunch of crap on that because I know of one that they're not talking about here. A big head carp was caught in Lake Calumet in 2010, a silver carp near 
TJ O'Brien lock and dam in 2017. They're leaving out one that somebody caught in the Kankakee River in this probably, uh, trying to think, I was working at the one job. So it was probably 2008 or 2009 in the Kankakee River, a guy reeled one up. And they're not bringing that one up. This because the one I just said was the third one. They're saying it's very encouraging that this was a report that was provided to the Illinois DNR by an angler. We have hundreds of thousands of anglers on our waterways seemingly every day and certainly every year. They see more than what any resource agency would be able to see just with our professional staff, which is true. If you see something, say something, maybe nothing. You know, if, you, if all of a sudden you're even if you're fishing in an area where there was never a bald eagle and you see a bald eagle, call DNR. They'll probably tell you they saw it. But call them because they might be like, oh, really? We want to keep an eye on that. I've actually called for my little creek that I fish and told them about log jams I think need to be fixed. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll take a look at it. And they never, they're still there. Currently, the primary barrier to keep invasive carp out is these electric barriers near Romeoville, Illinois. Now, I was actually surprised to read the Romeoville. I fished around Romeoville, so I don't exactly know where those electric barriers are. So Michigan... Michigan's pushing for more action at the Brandon Road Lock and Dam project. So I live very close to the Brandon Road Lock and Dam, and it is kind of a block of, it's a huge dam and a decent sized lock and all that. And that is like the main wall that's kind of saving us right now. And any leaching over those electric barriers will help too. The U.S. Army Corps plan for Brandon Road Lock and Dam was presented to Congress in 2019. It is estimated to cost around $850 million with Michigan and Illinois and the federal funds covering the bill. According to Michigan DNR spokesperson, the first construction contracts are expected to be awarded in the next two years. So there you have it. Uh, the Asian carp are getting smarter or tougher or whatever it takes to get past. They're telling you only two have made it. I'm, I'm here to tell you I'm willing to bet more than that have made it through. And the Asian carp, the Asian carp are just so bad for what we have here. And this doesn't exclude anybody else along anything that touches the Mississippi River. Uh, you are not excluded from this. So anyway, moving on to Indiana. This is my last article for the day. The DNR Indiana fish kill likely due to heat and natural events. Hundreds of fish found dead in northeastern Indiana Lake likely died from natural events tied to recent hot weather. On August 4th, uh, residents reported numerous dead fish on a lake uh, near Steuben, Steuben County of Fremont. The, the DNR said an estimated 500 fish were found dead, including bluegill, crappie, and bass in a lake about 50 miles northeast of Fort Wayne. The state agency said Monday that natural events likely caused the fish to die and noted that heat, warm water, and windless days can produce low levels of d- dissolved oxygen in lakes. Without dissolved oxygen, fish are unable to breathe and can die rapidly in large numbers. DNR biologists will continue monitoring conditions at Clear Lake. While the public health threat is considered very low, the agency said people should use common sense when visiting natural waterways, especially during periods of hot weather. So there you have it for the news. I had to squeeze this in. Uh, I'm not rushing. I don't mean to, if I'm sounding rushing, I don't mean to sound rushing. Uh, I had to squeeze this in. I was actually out fishing, trolling for stripers. We did okay this morning. And then uh, I'm heading back out tonight, hopefully going to go find some pike. So that's my plans for the weekend. You're actually recording this. I recorded this the day before you're hearing it. Um, I try to keep the news as close to the day it comes out as possible. That way you're not hearing something that was earth-shattering, kind of like this Wisconsin thing I'm all fired up about now. Uh, I can't wait to tell Kelsey about this. And But things like that, I want that to hit as soon as I can find it. I want that to hit. So that's why the news is pretty fresh 
Um, and then also, so for Tuesday, I have my little segment. I'm actually going to start this uh, two-part uh, segment about buying and selling a boat. So pretty much, should you buy a boat? Who should buy a boat? And how to go about it. And then the second one's going to be buying and selling a boat and actual like uh, bargaining tactics. And this week, we also have Pat uh, with more backpacking stuff. He's talking about his backpack. Bushlight Billy, I think, uh, I forget what he's cooking this week. And then we actually have Storytime Friday. Storytime Friday, I wrote myself. It's very short, uh, but I actually wrote all that myself. So if you have any opinions, please uh, contact me and let me know. Uh, any news you want reported on here, kind of like I found this article from this guy. He didn't even know we did this, but I found it anyway, so I gave him credit. That's the Driftless Angler on Instagram again. It's a whole fly shop up in the Driftless area. So somebody like that is very affected by something like this along with all his tourism. But if you have anything like that, email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com. And that's all I have for you this week. Thanks a bunch. Uh, Enjoy the rest of the week. Any other comments, you know where to email me. You know how to find me. Thank you.